Welcome to the Chase Merrill Podcast. I am your host, Chase Merrill, and we are all about helping people get freed up from what's holding them back so they can build up who they were made to be. In today's conversation, I have my longtime mentor, my pastor, my friend, and probably the person that had the most impact on my life and my discipleship as a follower of Jesus and a leader uh, outside of my parents. And his name is Kyle Monroe Bethke. And this guy was and is still to this day an absolute rock in my life. He uh, really helped speak into my life and call out the things that God had begun and placed in me from a young age, middle school, like going into high school. He was my youth pastor in that space. And, and then I got to be on his team in my first official full-time ministry role as a youth pastor uh, in Modesto, California. And, and I'll just tell you what, like this, this guy is, is beyond the real deal. And I, my, my time with him today to get to sit down and share part of our journey of relationship and overcoming um, different moments of hurt and even at times senses of betrayal and rejection um, to experiencing the depth of relationship we have now on the other side of not giving up on each other. Uh, I cannot wait for you to get to hear this conversation today. I know it's going to encourage you and challenge you and uh, just for you to get to meet one of, if not the greatest impactor in my life outside of my mom and dad, this is going to be special. If you want to help us continue to make an impact with this podcast week in and week out, consider joining our new Patreon community. For as little as a cup of coffee a month, you can be a part of helping us get the message and mission of the podcast out to more people more effectively. This is a way that we can come together as a community and you'll get access to behind the scenes stuff, additional resources and content and so much more for just as little as $5 a month. You can head over to chasemerrill.com and click Patreon to jump in and get started. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Frontline Coffee Co. Delicious, bold, and expertly roasted small batch coffee for the everyday American. Frontline is not just about coffee. They're about supporting responders on the front lines, courageously caring for the rest of us. With every Frontline purchase, a percentage goes to supporting the brave men and women who are doing just that. Head over to FrontlineCoffeeCo.com and use promo code FREEDUP. That's F-R-E-E-D-U-P, all one word, freed up to get 15% off your purchase. Now let's jump into today's conversation. Kyle Monroe Bethke, Pastor Kyle Bethke, my pastor, mentor, discipler, friend. I mean, the list can go on and on. The list goes. Yeah. And well, I mean, we'll unpack more about part of the way you've impacted my life but man what a joy to get to have this conversation today have you on the podcast in person like eye to eye we've been waiting months for yes. this yeah. we wanted to do it in person absolutely so maybe it would have happened sooner had we not yeah oh for sure planned a summer little trip up here to the yeah. pacific northwest yeah i remember when i when i officially asked you you know part of that was you know like how how could we make it happen you know you guys are in california so you're not you know, you're a little farther away from being here in person to make it happen. But, but you, you know, I know it's not the only reason you came up here, but, but I know part of that may have been of the, how can we do that? And, Absolutely. you know, so it means a lot to me, that fact that you're on it, but the fact that you also made a way for it to be in person, it just means a lot to me. So uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for making it happen. Thanks for asking me. This is incredible. I know that, uh, Marcia, yeah. Is involved in this as yeah. well. Yeah. We are. She's having you both here to get to record two episodes of this in the same day and not fully sure yet how they're going to be released about when and where, but you're going to, you're going to be the, uh, 
uh, you're you're going to be released before her. So you got the uh, you got maybe there could be an online vote about who's better. Yeah, no, who, who does better? <laughs> we all know Marcia will win, yeah. but I mean, just one more thing, you know, yeah. Lord, to keep me humble. Yeah, sure. The finding <laughs> process, but man, like the two of you, yeah, just the the impact that you've had on my life and Holly's life. Um, it just it's. It's it's on the Mount Rushmore of the impact of my life when it comes to those people. I, I we got to have you guys in our church on Sunday, and you guys preached and shared, and God, it was so cool just to hear you guys uh, share the the way that I've always known you to share, but just the, the authenticity and uh, the who you are. So I'm coming through for our church to get to experience that, and for us to get to experience it again, kind of sit on the front row, yeah. getting to receive. And uh, so just the last few days, getting to spend some time with you have just been. It's been such a such a gift, you know, for for us. But uh, for those that have no clue, okay, so there's people that listen to this that that don't know who Kyle Bethke is and your connection to me. Will you just give them a snapshot of of who you are, you know, just within that snapshot, and just even right now in this season, what, where are you at? What are you doing? Who are you connected to? So people can kind of get to know you a little bit before we dive in. Well, uh, been married for 20 years, three kids, Colby, Riley, and Jackson. Yeah. Will be 17 for those of you who know us out there. I can't even believe he's 17 years old. Just got back from two and a half weeks in France with Jordan and Vanessa Abina. Yeah. You know who they are. Yeah. He, um, he had, we had an episode on the podcast. Yeah. So. And um, my daughter Riley's 14, uh, involved in a whole lot of sports. They're both involved in worship at the church and yeah. other ministries and youth group. And then Jackson. Yeah. Our little joy and terror, yeah. <laughs> uh, 11 years old. Um, and so anyway, we we met when we were at, at the time, Sunset Christian Center, yeah. not Destiny Church. Yeah. Um, you know, just a great moment to pause and say um, so many good people. Yeah. And uh, the top of the list would be Pastor Greg and Kathy. Yeah. We wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't know each other right. without that phenomenal church yeah. and those leaders yeah. who um, brought us from the Bay Area right. in 2003 yeah. um, and hired us as their high school pastors. Yeah. And so uh, a few years into that sin as high school pastors is when we met. And so that's when our relationship began. So yeah. thank you to Pastor Greg, because uh, this is such a significant relationship that I, I know would not have happened without uh, his his. Yeah. It's part of it, it, yeah, creating. Um, I, I I may have mentioned this on another episode with with um with Riley Silva because of our connection and relationship. He was in our youth group, obviously yeah. part of your ministry and stuff as well. But that that speaking of Greg and Kathy, like that just they they believed in the the youth and the next generation enough to go out and hire some good youth pastors to invest into that space and go. Even though you were you had been a youth pastor or a young adults pastor before. Um, you know, there's still like somewhat of a, like, this isn't not a risk, but like a, we were young. Yeah. Yeah. You guys were young. Newly married. Uh, we've been married less than a year when we came up to, yeah. to destiny. Yeah. And, um, you know, just not just hiring one person, but eventually hiring both Marcia and I full time, right. um, funding an intern program that would just, um, leadership pipeline, just catalyze, yeah. uh, student ministries. And they did that not just for us, but for, David Kim Leatherman and right. other people right. that uh, were part of your life. Yeah, um, So yeah, just just huge. Yeah. And so that was 2003 when we came up there. You showed up probably 2005. Yeah, 2004. Four. Uh, yeah. It was when we moved in, and I, you know, I was in eighth grade, so we didn't have a ton of overlap until the the summer of going into freshman year. So which which would have been 
2005 summer. Yeah, I did not meet Chase Merrill. I heard about Chase Merrill before I met Chase Merrill, but I met you. It was at some little worship practice. Okay. And a little yeah. guy walks in <laughs> with a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. And and because you, you talk about summer camp and things like that. Yeah. I I you weren't on my radar yet. Sure, sure. Um but like I just remember little guy walks in yeah. with his guitar with the strap that you know was basically string to yeah, yeah, the, it was not to the neck of the guitar. <laughs> not, not a not a real yeah. strap yeah. set up but like <laughs> you know mom and dad set this up for me yeah. and uh anyway he walked in and started playing you, you, Really couldn't play nope. at the time, <laughs> but, but you were somehow in the band or in fine arts band or something. I don't remember, but yeah. that was the first time yeah. that I remember saying. And then after that, you were always wearing a pink shirt, yeah. like uh, a pink polo. Polos were in. Man, the Abercrombie American Eagle world was was pretty hot back in that, from what I heard, you know, from all of the chicks. So. <laughs> That's what you heard yeah. so often from all those chicks, no sure. doubt. <laughs> I still, like, I look back at some of those and I just don't know how it, how it all existed. But yeah, so that was, that was 2004, 2005. And then I, I was trying to remember if, if the... Summer going into freshman year, there was a whitewater leadership camp that I mm-hmm. think that I got invited. I think I was able to come, but I can't remember if you guys had incoming freshmen go to that or if there was something that you waited until. Yeah, because it was student leadership, like pay setters or core team. That was not until sophomore year. But yeah, I think we brought uh, a broad group. Yeah. Of so then it was, it was whitewater. beyond pay setters yeah. or whatever. So that was where there was this first for me, this first overlap of where I, I did the last summer camp as an eighth grader with David Kim for the D tour camp. But then there was this, hey, you're coming into high school, uh, come to this whitewater rafting leadership thing. And uh, that's kind of where it just all, like, I was like, oh, these are, okay, these are now, I'm being tra- transferred into a new world of leadership under these guys, Hashikawa Mercy of Epke, where for me, it was just this brand new world of like, anything is possible here. That part of what well, and once we inherited Chase Merrill, a brand new world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, I mean, it was, and when I do think about now having the chance to be a youth pastor myself twice in two different contexts and been ministry, you know, for 12 or 13 years now, I, I do realize what, like, is this going to sound so dumb, but like what, what, <laughs> I was thinking of some sports illustrations between like, <laughs> like head coaches and quarterbacks or different things like that. I'm not going to give myself that much of the, 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 the NFL pat, pat on the back that I was just about to, that would have been way too much. Uh, maybe more like, <laughs> no, forget, forget the metaphor. I, I don't, it was a perfect, it was a perfect comedy. Like you had a, a guy that was like, I, I mean, I was hungry. I wanted to grow. Um, I was I was just, and I was ready to, to be challenged to take my faith to the next level because it was really around that time where it became real for me. And for me at that point, it was like, well, okay, if this is for real for me, then like, then I want to give this everything. And you really uh, embraced and embodied a person in my life that, that genuinely was like, you can give it everything. Yeah. And, and, and you being somebody yourself that had and was still giving it everything. So it wasn't even just this concept or idea or uh, even the Bible stories that I had, had grown up. It was like, oh, no, I have a real life person right now. And, I, and my parents are amazing. Like they raised me loving to love Jesus in a Christian home and they loved Jesus. Um, but it was even just different, like in their world of pursuit. I, I hadn't been around anybody who was like, no, I this is worth giving your life to you in this way. And so for me, it was 
it was a brand new space and then uh, it was something that I knew I want to I want to I want to I want to tether myself to this guy and, and, and grow and soak as much as I can from him because this is where I want to go and where God's calling me to go really is what you know what I felt well it was kind of the the, the perfect season from a ministry point of view because we'd been there two years um, if I think about this the classes yeah um, who who was a freshman when we first came in 2003 and then basically so you would have been the third yeah freshman, freshman class sure. for us um, and it you know it took a, a while for us to get to know the students the families yeah. the church yeah. um, to, to work out all um, the getting to know you as a new whatever so you showed up as the ministry was really yeah you guys stepping into kind of, yeah. kind of uh, a different gear um, and so you know I just think about all the great students you know that I, unfortunately I can't keep in contact yeah. with all of them over the years, and I wish that I could. Um, yeah. And I, I just think of all the folks that, that might be watching this. That like, um, I can say how often I've thought about, man, we need to get together at like the a reunion, yeah. Um, yeah. Christmas party, or a, um, a pool party, or something, just to get all these people that have moved on to no doubt life and families and whatever. But like, just an incredible group of students. Yeah an incredible group of students that came and incredible students that were, that were in student leadership or involved and volunteered, um, that I wish I could sit down with each one of them like this. Yeah. Um, that each one were special in their own way and own right. But, um, but then to, at that, at that time to have, uh, you come along with just, as you just described, hungry and be, um, a friend to all these people and a leader in the lives of, of all of us in your school and your neighborhood and your family and yeah. whatever context at the youth group was, yeah. was pretty awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was, I mean, I, there were moments where I felt like, or I didn't feel like anything like there I probably was a lot like there, like there was some taming. There was some like, like in a, in a healthy, like wise way. And I'm thankful for the way that there were seasons that you've even guided, man, we believe in you. What do you need to make it happen? But also times of like, Hey, take it, take a pop, take a chill for a second and really process and see. Yeah. And I think about that, those, those, that balance of that kind of leadership that I got to have in that season of just like, you know, you, you really, you really helped guide that piece in me where I learned both the balance of man, dream, go after it, go big, but also, you know, to remain that remain steadfast and, and, and faithful and consistent and, and, you know, don't just whip to the next thing because it's the, you know, the next thing I remember there being a season where we were just super infatuated with all of the stuff going on at Bethel church and up in Reading and the, the spirit of God stuff, which, you know, was good. I was good. We were hungry. We wanted yeah. more. Um, and, uh, and we were pursuing it, you know, a lot and, you know, within our own youth group and church, but then there was this, like, I want more kind of sense. And yeah, I remember having conversations with you where, you know, you didn't discourage the pursuit of more, but you encouraged the wisdom around, um, around processing and, and really laying that stuff before the Lord and allowing the wisdom of God to go, um, you know, test all that stuff. And, you know, there's just something about being even within, within under, under one house and one leadership and one mm -hmm. community that you're pouring into when you start kind of having all these different places of, of covering it can, you know, it was just, it was a thing that I had not had really a concept for that. I, I, it took a, a strong, but sensitive, humble leader to, to, to 
pull me back a little bit and go, let's, I want to encourage you to be wise about this, that I think about that and all of the opportunities I've had since then with other people in my ministries, in my life, to have moments like that where they're just all gung-ho for something or, or you know, there's just this new thing or this new whatever. And and I, remember, I, I can't say how many times I've come back to that moment you had with me, which was so loving and so such a good good leadership moment to pull from and go um not to kill dreams not to kill believing in somebody but to help infuse wisdom you know so there's just there's all these little moments man like there's one of a thousand like that that really i recognize i said this on sunday uh, from the pulpit or from the platform when you guys preached uh, here that there's not another two people outside of my mom and dad who, who have made as much of a significant investment into who we are as people now, both followers of Jesus, leaders and pastors, husbands and wives and, and parents than, than you and your wife, Marcia. And, uh, and I keep seeing more of that come up and through as I've been in ministry longer. I'm like, that's Kyle. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's what Kyle's done, you know, or has, has did. And, and it's just in my DNA now. And, uh, well, I mean, what a privilege to be, you know, even in that conversation for you, uh, you know, there's something to just remaining steady in people's lives. You know, there's in each of our life's relationships outside of, uh, and, and sometimes this can apply to our blood relationships where it's your family. We can, we can disconnect and just, you know. How hard is that when families just can't figure it out right. together? But um, outside of family, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why we could walk away from relationship or yeah. allow a relationship to die, um, to choose for our pride or, or for whatever to stand in the way. Yeah. And I think that in our relationship and in so many relationships in our life, we just keep, we kept just trying to say, you know what? Um, I'm just going to trust the Lord with the pain, with the whatever that I feel. Yeah. Um, to kind of come back another day. Let's have another day together. Let's yeah. have another week. Let's have another month. And um, that just always has just been an abiding principle from our CNI. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Okay. So it's talking about. Oh, before you do, I want to say that season. Chase Merrill, you, you burned bright. Yeah. And there's certainly, as you mentioned, where those days where we were worried about you burning out yeah, and how, how brightly you burned, but um, was a great testimony uh, to the community as you became a high school student. And I don't know how much this kind of stuff comes up as you talk about things, but like someone needs to say what a great witness you were on Whitney high school, um, Christian club and through your vision. Yeah. We came alongside and got behind it just because (laughs) why not? I mean, any dummy knows how to ride a a good wave. And so, you, you know, you just were there and, I mean, hundreds of people began to come to different events you did. I remember the day of fire at William Jessup that, you know, a bunch of people came and community businesses got behind you, like Chick-fil-A and other places. And so, I mean, I could go down a list of just different things. So outside of our youth ministry, um, in which you were a great catalyst and to be a catalyst in your school and that kind of stuff. And that that wasn't normal. Um, There was a lot of people that were involved. A lot of people that were leaders, we, we taught that anybody can be a leader because you're a person of influence and you're leading somebody someplace. And that's true. That was true for so many students that, that showed leadership. Um, but uh, 
for, for a group of people, you are a catalytic leader at the center providing um, a plan beyond just a desire. And so you did awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that. Man. Thank you. It was a blessing just to be um, just a supporter of that. Yeah. There were days in which um, I may have been the youth pastor, but you were the leader and we were just on your team. Yeah. That I, I, I receive and appreciate that, man. I, I think that was, but, but when I know, when I look back and I, you know, as I had been, a, I have been now been a youth pastor, like I mentioned twice. And I, you know, tried to get into that space of like, how did that happen? Like, how, how did I feel so, um, motivated and like driven to, to, to be who I was in that space in high school, connected to the, so much of it, obviously God was in that and all that he was calling me. He was, he was the one I was hungry for, but there was part of what gave me the opportunity to even experience what that was, was the way that you guys called us up into something so much bigger than, than what we were. It was, you, you created the landscape of, of a, a mission that was like worth believing in that was so much bigger than ourselves. And, and so there was, I think, yeah, you, you believed in me and in what God could do in and through me and us, not just me, our, our, our students, our youth group, how we could impact our campuses for Jesus now. And we didn't have to wait till we had a college degree or figured out what we're doing with our lives for that to start happening. It was really genuinely this sense of like one life, one chance, like right here, right now we can do this. And, and I really bought in, in a way that was like it wasn't even bought in. It was like I'm in. Like it was, it was it. And so I, I think about the the opportunities that you created for that landscape to be to even be laid for me to step into that. And and that's part of what I I recognize I'm still trying to do for others today. Yeah. Right. It's not just from the youth group standpoint, but I still am trying to create an environment every Sunday where I'm I'm opening up the the possibilities that I'm trying to help paint the picture for people to see like what's possible with the Lord and whether that's a relationship or whether that's going deeper in a relationship, whether that's a miraculous provision or whatever it is like, there's just this being a part of the mission, making disciples who make disciples yeah. is something that I'm still trying to do. And so much of that, I got to, you know, it, the, the inception of it for me was getting to watch you do it on a week to week basis. Well, and my mind goes to just honoring Larry and Shelly Merrill who, um, in a season where they're just watching, you know, their firstborn just go for it. Yeah. With probably that burn bright, burn out, you know, thought of that, the both sides of that thing, sure. wanting to see you burn bright yet. So, um, you know, still they're the primaries of shepherding you into your future, um, to know that balance yeah. of when to empower and support you and when to pull you back they did so well yeah yeah um, they did because they, uh, none of that happened at the level that it did without parents supporting and you had some of the best supporting you yeah in that tension yeah we really we really did you know og Blair girls <laughs> and uh and, and shelly merrill have been and were a huge part of the, the fact that they continue to encourage that space for us throughout those years was massive yeah. A um, couple quick things before transitioning to like the season where things hit kind of that bump, if you will, that I want to just highlight because it's still massive. Of, uh, it's still a massive part of who I am in the day to day with people. And one of those was when it comes to relationships, there's um, it, it's difficult to give everything to everybody, especially with time. Like there's always for me been more people 
than I have time for to give the where I'd like to. And <clears throat> one of the ways I watched you as a leader and a pastor in my early years follow, following you, um, show me how to do that well was this whole concept of like bringing people along with you. It wasn't always this, let's go have a specific lunch or dinner or whatever coffee meeting, but it was like, you, you rarely did something alone. It was like, how, who can I include to come with me to, to do this thing or project or, or errand that I need to run that even if it was on an off day, you know, a non working day that you guys had on your schedule, you found a way to include and bring people alongside you in the in-between stuff that really, when I take a step back, I go, that's so much, that's so much more of how Jesus did it anyway. But I recognize like when I think about those little small, like they're not small, but they were just, you didn't, they weren't principles that you talked about so much, although you had lots of those. There was the, I caught it kind of stuff that you, you had a lot of. And that was one of them to this day that I just, I, it's changed my ability to be a leader with people. And it was, it's the come alongside. Don't ever do something alone. Invite somebody to go do it with you. Opportunity to, to see more people that way. I just absolutely loved. And, uh, and, and the other one, I mentioned it earlier at lunch today, but is this ability to chase and pursue the one and see, see people like not you you are undenied like you are you are not denied to for the opportunity to make somebody feel seen and i remember at youth group there'd be times where you know you finish preaching do the response call come to the altar we're, we're singing and the ride is where we're kind of wrapping up it's time to exit you're peeling out the back door of the of the youth room running down the stairs running through the other side so that you can get to the front of the entrance of the church where people would be exiting knowing that probably the newer students that came maybe not as comfortable hanging out and being there we're going to be leaving first to make sure you had a chance to make sure they were seen or to get to meet them or know their name and i just remember stepping out every week you know i just remember thinking to myself like uh that right there is the kind of uh, the kind of heart for people that I want to have and and I really believe God has helped even deposit in me to this day and so those are like small little things but I just and I think about who I am now those are those show up pretty consistently and I go oh, that's Kyle that's that's Kyle Bethke and the, the way that you know he like modeled that for me and made such an impact uh, in my life in that short kind of small season of, of our younger younger years under your guys leadership uh, yeah. There was a point, which we've had, which been so cool is we've actually had a few different environments to kind of process, even on a from a, a public forum side. I think we've had on our last Sunday with you at one church. Yeah. Uh, we were able to even do kind of a version of this, walking through our journey together and some of the things that the Lord has shared and taught us along the way. But um, this so this may have been there, but. But why it's so significant is because it was such a turning point in my life in ministry that the Lord used to, I mean, just do an absolute truckload of things internally. And then now I look back and see how much of it. And it was graduating high school and doing an, an internship that you guys had, which at that time was like the it internship. And you guys had built the youth ministry culture that was second to none. I mean, it, it, there wasn't a youth group in Northern California that even touched what, you know, not, not, not that it's about that in any way, but it was just, it was just different. I mean, you guys have just, people knew about what was happening at Sunset Christian Center, Destiny Christian Church, youth ministry, 
far and wide uh, because it was just different. And um, and so the internship was a big part of that as well. And I knew I didn't want to miss out. And some of those things that, you know, at that time, you know, said yes to that world of, okay, I'm going to, I want to do this out of high school. And, uh, you know, at that time it was a one-year commitment, but really it was a two-year program. So every year, you you know, most people did two years. There weren't that many that just did one. But to cut to the story there, because there's more to our story that I want to unpack, but but I don't want to miss because of how how we're still sitting here today after that world is that, you know, about six months into it, five months into it or so, um, you know, it, it there was a there was a, a wrestling in my heart and soul that was like really difficult to walk out with a the the seeing the future of finishing the program at that point and i I had weighed this sense of is is the lord calling me to to quit this internship early you know six months early basically of the year commitment plus the other year that would be there um is it just because i'm this is harder than i thought is it just because i'm restless what it was just this crazy journey as an 18 year old it was really first time processing something so significant and it ultimately ultimately led to a decision to to make that call to step out and to quit early, and uh, and that was a pretty painful couple months uh, yeah. walking that out with you, and you know I know it wasn't just painful for me, you know I know I know it was painful for you, um, in that in that moment, and part of it was because I at that point, again outside of my dad, my, my biological dad, right you you're you're the you had represented the person in my life at that point would that i was i least wanted to disappoint so it wasn't even just for me like i don't want to do the internship it was the thought of of sacrificing or losing this relationship with the person in my life that i don't want to lose their relationship or their disapproval or lose their approval the most with and so it was it was weighty and it was, it was hard. Um, but, uh, but, but I stepped into it. <laughs> it, it was, I, I mean, I, I look back on that pivotal moment and, um, man, I, I know for me looking back on that season, there's, there's two things that stand out. There's one, a relationship I know wouldn't be what it is now had that not happened. Right. Absolutely. There's definitely some of the redemptive, uh, restorative power of God along that, which I'm going to talk about or have you talk more about because of your response to all that. But the other piece of it genuinely is this deep regret of not fulfilling my commitment and my word when I think about my the, my formation as a man of God and as a man of character. Um, that I go, there aren't a lot of things in my life that I look back on and I go, the regret is there because I didn't honor a commitment. Then, and then there is for that. And I, I wish that I would have at least fulfilled the commitment through the year, looking back to be a man of my word more than, um, the more than, than I walked into, because I, I can feel that the, the, the principal factor of, of the, of the Lord in that, of the biblical principle of, of, of letting your yes be yes and your no be no, that was broken there outside of even our relationship and all that. And so, um, those are two things I know that for sure stand out. But taking a step back, what would have and could have and should have probably been a pretty significant breaking of relationship because of how many things were involved there. Um, 
ended up ended up not. Right. Which is pretty rare. From and, and somehow ended up being, I think, the thing that has bound us together. Totally. More than anything else. Totally. Absolutely. Which is crazy. First of all, leaders, good leaders, yeah, hurt people sometimes. Yeah. And um, we don't mean to. In fact, most of the time we're trying to do something really good. Um, we're trying to do something for the Lord. Yeah. We're trying to do something for people and our love for people. We hold on right. sometimes when we should let go. Um, sometimes we just, in our complimenting of one thing, we can and unintentionally undermine another. Yeah. And our complimenting of one person, we can make another person feel second class. And um, the hardest thing about being a pastor, about being a leader, this works inside and outside the church, but is um, no matter how good or godly you are, there can be, and I would say there probably are, um, there's just some, some damage in people's life. And so as I think about that season with you, um, I didn't do everything right. I was probably more emotional than I needed to be. Whether I, not that emotions are wrong, but to put them on others, to allow sure. them to be felt by others when they're just for you. Um, that's a big deal. And I remember the day that, you know, you told me, uh, you and another person told me on the, yeah. the same day yeah he's been on your podcast yeah. <laughs> little guy right right and cool. um and that was a really difficult day yeah and um i remember being in my office just just crying afterwards um both you and riley very very significant yeah you know you your families in my life and so that was a pretty rough day and it took a while for just, uh, I would say it took me probably a month or a month and a half to really, you know, and you still were a part of the team and walking out, finishing the semester, that kind of thing. But it was, it was tough. And so, um, in that moment, what, one thing that I really learned was I can think of two or three different situations that shaped me into becoming what I have often said people at our church, they can they, 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 they started to say it for us. We're yeah. open-handed. I learned to be an open-handed leader. Yeah. I learned that to hold on to people was ultimately sealing the deal of their departure. Yeah. Um, if they're going to go, let them go. You trusted God's spirit to bring them. Right. You got to trust God's spirit to lead them away. And um, if you do this, the truth is you stand to keep them, whether that's, you know, in the physical location or it's just relationally long-term. Yeah. You, you're going to be in their life longer. And and nothing speeds a departure up more than to, to do right. this or make them feel this. And so I think there's probably a month or month and a half in which I made you feel this, probably. And that's a mistake. Um, but um, I think some of the special parts of the story of what happened next, is for, at least for me, is... For sure as I realized, um, by the way, you say mistake, um, you know, you didn't finish a commitment or something like that, but isn't it powerful how the Lord takes what might be like plan B 
Yeah, I don't even know that I like that phraseology. Um, my parents divorced when I uh, was in eighth grade. I don't see on a human level how that decision that they made um, doesn't, if they hadn't, I, I think I'd probably still be in Texas. Totally. Um, never would have been a youth pastor. Right. Uh, I married a California girl. Right. Um, have California kids. You know, right. just like all this stuff. And so on a human logic level, I can't see how that decision, but like now that that happened and then we move on, we grow in it, we lean into the Lord. I mean, to say that my life now is plan B is just the last thing that I would ever say about the people that I'm doing it with. And, and so like, it's just really interesting as I look back and I think about what happened next in your life. You got to go to Australia, see Grace. Yes. Um, you know, we, that was a curse word in our life for a little bit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, by that time, I think we'd really become been at peace with the whole thing and to see how the Lord in his sovereignty yeah. created plan a for you yeah. and then use that in our life. Oh yeah. Um, a significant moment was, uh, you were leaving on a, on an airplane and um, this was after like the, the T Swift encounter and a few other things that yep. Um, yep. Were, were quite interesting in that season. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, you're getting on an airplane. Yeah. And I remember going to Marcia and I don't know that we were invited to your yeah. farewell dinner. Yeah. Um, well, and it, at that point, it was just, I mean, it was just, it, it was just our family, you know, for, because it was out towards the airport. I had to fly out of San Francisco. So it's to, a long to, way away. To, uh, to Sydney or uh, to, uh, uh, Melbourne is where we were going. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, you're two, yeah. two hours away from there. And I, I just, I remember going to Marcia and I, I just said, first of all, I'm good. I feel good with Chase, but like, I want him to know that I'm good. Yeah. I want him to know that I support this, this thing that comes as a, as a replacement right. of the intern program. And I called your parents up and invited myself to your farewell yeah. dinner at Joe's Crab Shack. Yeah. Um, down at Fisherman's Wharf, I think it's yeah. down there, right? Yeah. And, um, went to dinner with you and I just, it was just me for me yep. as much as it was for you Yeah. saying, I'm not going to live back there. Yeah. You know, I believe that there's more in the future and there ended up being a whole lot more. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's more in the future to believe for, um, to let this be something that's like in our spirit and yeah. in our story. And so drove down, celebrated you leaving, prayed over you, yeah. all that stuff, and then stayed in contact with you yeah. uh, while you were gone yeah. via Skype. Yeah, Skype. No FaceTime back then. No. And, and, and man, I've I, I, I thought about that moment a lot over the years because of its, it, it was significant in its impact. It wasn't just um, a gesture. You know, for me, it was... It was bigger than that. It was for me. It was a, it was a demonstration of I st- I love you, and I still believe in you. And you know, for me, it was, you know, it allowed me the gift as well to go to Australia with this unknown space and world that I had never stepped into, with a different kind of clean slate and freedom yeah. for me to go. I'm I'm emotionally and relationally good with the people I care about being emotionally and relationally good with. That was a really, it was a gift from the Lord for me to get that from the, like, again, like I said, the person I was so, so worried about hurting or disappointing the most for that pursuit to show up in person, not just phone call or text, but like, I'm here, 
as a representative of like family sending you off and believing you're in this next season, it meant so much. And that, yeah. so that under, uh, that right there though, I think is, when I think about Kyle Bethke, break, break him open. Like just, who is he? What comes out of him when he's split open, like bleeds this. That right there is what I would say. And there's a lot of strengths and there's a lot of great things, God giftings, skills you've developed that can totally be a compliment or added to this. But that, that whole concept right there of pursuing the relationship, keeping the relationship bigger than the problem or trying to keep the relationship bigger than the hurt or the offense or the disappointment uh, is, is what I would say is the, probably the brightest and most loud part of who you are. That's been, the most impactful with the most amount of people and and it's so special to me because i think of how much that imparts the father's heart and embodies the life of jesus to the people around you more than any sermon you preach more than any leadership lesson you lead which are all like good quality things that you've invested your life into as well but it's that ability to go the the person and the relationship is more important than than the problem or the, the issue or the hurt. Well, and I think, honestly, the older you get, the harder it is yes, to have that. right. Because you get busy and they get busy. Absolutely. It costs more to do that the older yeah. you get, I think. There's yeah. more There's more to sacrifice on your end of life from time or whatever it is to pursue something like that. Yeah, and then, you know, no matter how willing I am, to, to say, hey, to my three kids or wife, hey, I need to go talk to this person. I need to go, you know, break through with them or, or get through or or whatever. Yeah. Um, the older I get, the more I realize it's a two-way street, that there has to be two different people that are willing to take the time. Yeah. You know, we, sure. we benefited from, in early days of ministry, we benefited from ministering to people who had more time yeah. and had a willingness to give more time. And so I think it's one of those, we have to adjust, I have to adjust my expectations and, and on some level they have to adjust theirs because it's easier to have a pastor when you're younger. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, think about the people who are, you know, that's my pastor. Yeah. You almost always will say that about somebody when you were younger, when you were in your teens or your twenties, um, it's harder when you get older to have that same kind of relationship that often involves a little bit of this. Um, the people that I'm close to, the ones that are my pastors, I had this with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I don't know. I just, yes, I am relationship as you describe and focused on the person, but you know, I don't know that I always, manifested that well you know to sure. like i always say i don't i don't want people to be feel used by me yeah i want them to be utilized so you back earlier you said take somebody with you or to run an errand to do this that yeah i mean i was always trying to bring somebody with me but like no doubt there are people that like well kyle calls when he's got something to, sure. to do sure um when he needs something and, and yeah I, I might have benefited from their help but i, I could have done it on my own or i totally could have called somebody that had to come with me yeah um, Most of those people, though, so I want—I don't want to take away from the fact that you are being—I um, honor and respect your humility and, and your self-awareness to what you're talking about, because I think it's—I think it's really important, as even people are listening, like what you're identifying. But I also would say, 
it's it's hard to if you haven't been in the seat like I have now been after you in a similar seat it's really difficult yeah. to to see it and understand it and so no there's no justification for uh, the not growing or having those things that you're mentioning but I I, I just want to I want to encourage you as you're saying what you're saying that there's I say what I'm saying now from from being in your shoes now <laughs> to see that I absolutely understand in a new way because I've been in that seat. And a lot of people that feel some of those things haven't, haven't, it doesn't take away their feeling from what they've experienced, but they just haven't sat in that seat to understand, to understand it through that lens. You know, anyway, I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I, I definitely think that, well, that's a, that's a factor to, to all of that. I mean, uh, if you had different banners over different com- parts of our conversation, I think that one would have to just be that, um, the Lord has been so gracious. Yeah. Um, despite yeah. a person that is so trustworthy and lovable, you know, I try to be that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> despite two people like we needed the Lord. And, um, I think for any relationship, I just think about that because, um, man, it's not for the faint of heart no. to, to follow Jesus. It's, it's not always a cakewalk yeah. and to lead for Jesus with heartaches and disappointments, mainly because people, mainly because I'm an infallible, I'm a fallible person and, you know, people are humans. It's, it's just, so yeah, that was that, that was that season of really just taking the high road and learning to take the high road despite feeling betrayed, you know, or whatever. And that that went both ways. I know that you at times probably battled that sense of betrayal from me. You maybe not wanting what was best for you or or whatever that might've been, but like we just said, you know what? You know, let's uh, let's put all that stuff in the rearview mirror where it belongs. Yeah, and believe for the best today. There's a lot of people I have that are even just running through my mind right now that have some some uh, similarity, maybe not to the same detail of well, part of that journey for us when when we've separated there, but but have some similarity to there being a pretty pi- they're at a pretty pivotal point with a with a person or a, a people in their life where they they have some decisions to make or remake around how they will uh, choose to try and pursue any kind of re- re- uh, restoration or reconciliation or not. And I just think we're living in a, in a, in an age right now where there is not a lot of emotional maturity that's going before people enough to help them even be able to see that there is an outcome like this possible. And so there's, I just see a lot of people giving up before they even try, like, or just expecting there to be no outcome of any kind of restoration. Like, well, we disagreed. They left us. They're going to this church or they're, they said or did this or whatever. And, and especially since COVID there's this, this, you know, you guys experienced this as pastors and as we did in so many others in the church world, but also this translates to church congregants, you know, this sense of like, uh, where did everybody go? Are people just left without even communicating yeah. all this stuff? Right. And so I even think for some pastors out there, there's this like, well, there's no hope for, and you can't make men's with everybody that's not your responsibility all that anyway, but there's this sense of like, it's not impossible to experience anything good, uh, in a new season of relationship on the other side of this rejection or, uh, separation, separation that we felt. And I just want to say, I want to be a voice that says like our story speaks different. God in our story speaks different, mm-hmm. different season, not COVID all that, but principle it's similar in the sense of 
that it is possible with lots of grace. I think with lots of patience and understanding, I think with lots of relentless pursuit and willingness to continue to remain open-handed and all of that, that there really can and and could be something beautiful and even stronger that can come on the other side of that separation with the Lord that I would, I would really encourage you to be listening if you're in that space and you have people in your life that are in that kind of category that don't, don't, don't keep it all hung up. Like it's never going to be, but you might have to be the one initiate. So, I mean, a couple things that come to mind, um, well, I mean, you just started to say it, but, um, I've been on both sides. I've been the leader in the relationship, uh, and I've been the follower in the relationship and the Lord does not let me off the hook. Right. That's good. Um, in either case. Yeah. So what does that mean? It just, it just means that it's nobody's responsibility more than the other person to pursue a relationship. That's really And again, we're not talking about when there's been some form of abuse. Totally. Um, physically, emotionally, sexually, all that stuff. I mean, that needs to be said. In those situations, separation is in order. Yeah. And with wise counsel from a, a therapist or pastor, yeah. any kind of reconciliation should be only considered with that counsel. But like when we're talking about just the, the, the examples that we're sure. talking about here. Relational, emotional, like, mental. Like it is both parties' responsibility to lean in. Like for us... Um, you know, yeah, I was a second ago. I said, I'm so grateful for the Lord and his part in it, his grace or whatever. I, I don't want to take away anything from um, the Jesus in us that made all of this story possible. Right. But um, I want it to be known that like th- this was a whole lot of very, very natural decisions that we each made. Yeah. And we didn't let a lot of time pass. Right. Totally. I mean, like there was uh, again October, end of October, November when when we talked about it. I remember you going down right after the first of the year for you know to sit by Taylor Swift and all that stuff. I remember that kind of thing right after the first of the year. Yeah. But it was a short time after that. We're talking of probably two months. Yep. Total time in which we were going about like business as usual, still yep. in relationships, still talking. Yeah. But like just kind of like there was something, but then. It was very quickly after that that we began to bring it back. And it was towards the end of that semester of the, the Joe's Crab Shack. Yeah. You know, you're, you're headed off. I think if I remember right, it might be maybe my mind's up a bit. Even there was like a, you were, I think you invited Riley and I over to work out with you. Does that, does that ring any bells? Mm-hmm. And in your garage kind of thing in Lincoln. It was just. Back in that day when we didn't really know how to work <laughs> out. <laughs> but it was just, it, you, but that, but again, that, that to me, as I think about it, that, that is that was you, and, and, and that was intentional. But here's the thing that is important. I think for you, you found what you worked to do was find the common place that could be a connecting place for for us. You knew it may not be at a, a space where all we we could lay down all our pride. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's that's. I mean, sure. that, the biggest no, thing that in the way of us figuring out relationships. Absolutely, is our egos. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Or us feeling like I was wrong. They need to be the ones. Right. And like, I've just back to nobody gets off the hook. Like uh, who cares who, yeah. like, you know, every divorce is a two way street. Yeah. There's often the actor and the reactor. There's often the one that ultimately makes a choice and the one that was making choices for years and years yeah. that created a space in which, and, and again, without getting into all that, like two way streets in every relationship. And so like the, the mature people, realize that yeah 
and then lean in. They apologize. They take ownership for their part. And, um, so I just think for, for you start talking to the people out there, um, uh, on this subject, if they've been hurt or whatever, I think the biggest thing about all that to have this kind of story really means we got to pick up the phone. Um, we got to schedule the meeting, um, the coffee, the whatever, and whether we were in whichever seat we were in, leader, follower, yeah. victim, not victim, I don't know, all the titles you could put on this shirt, sure. but like, you just have to be the, the, and I'd say even be the bigger person. Like that's, that puts you in an adversarial position with the other person. Sure. You just got to be God's person. Yeah. 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 And that, that whole scripture of, uh, of, forget the language exactly how it says it you'll you'll remember it but like as much as it is as much as it is to you as much as you basically can it depends on you as it depends on you go and and make right like that the idea i think is where a lot of people uh quit too soon and they they don't take it all the way to the as much as depends on you part and they just they you know they don't they don't heed what you're saying uh for for a variety of reasons a fear pride inconvenience uh, etc but but i i just yeah i mean i affirm and after that like i think i think there's a lot of restoration and redemption stories that are waiting to happen be- because of what god can and will do in people's hearts and lives that i think a lot of people have already written off as it's not possible and i just think man the church the world needs to see more of this happening in the church not to like make the church's image nice and clean again or whatever because obviously it's been pretty battered and bruised as it has throughout mm-hmm. all the history yeah. different seasons but I, I wonder what could happen if the world began to see the offenses and hurts and disappointments and rejections and separations that have happened within relationships within the church begin to get restored again because of some of this jesus stuff that starts really infusing into into some of these spaces i think it'd be pretty powerful yeah so then you know the way I went, I went to Australia. May God rocked me in different ways out there. I, and you did maintain contact and relationship, and to the point that you know, by the time I came back, like God had made clear to me, and through you know different different opportunities that you know He was opening up. Uh, there was a, a ministry job back at our church where you. I remember calling you <laughs> saying, "This is crazy." So. Well, Nine months ago, this guy left us. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pastor Greg, you know, empowered us to have that conversation about a role that was lateral to our ministry. Yeah, you know, not just within the high school ministry, but yeah. young adults. And yeah, to have that that first conversation and and uh, you know, and it didn't make sense to some people that were close at all. For sure. Well, and I, it, it makes sense that it didn't make sense. You know, you, why would you trust a guy? with an internship that he couldn't even complete or finish to come on and be in a more official capacity with that kind of way where we just set ourselves up for another one of those, you know, kind of situations. Again, being in this seat now with having that kind of opportunity with other team members or whatever, I can see it through new lens, uh, but I'm so glad for the grace. And, and I know it wouldn't have happened without your pursuit or your, your, your vouching. You, you had to put your name back on the line, if you will, to say, if it does happen, I'll take, that as it was you know yeah there were some friends of ours at the church um and not on staff or anything yeah, but they're yeah. just like what yeah no that does not make sense no yeah because it, that's another thing like some of our offense is when people that we love are hurt or betrayed by others sure and so like i often find that those folks are often the last to get over something 
I've got a lot of time for the people that are like in my sure. fan club or whatever. Yeah. I got to take them on a journey right. when the Lord's doing a sovereign work of forgiveness or restoration in a relationship. And then we got to turn to our spouse, to our friends, to whatever, and say, no, no, the Lord's yep. doing this. Yep. It's okay. Because it just is counterintuitive to the whole thing. So yeah, short time later, um, you're back on the team yeah. at Destiny. Yeah. And it's going amazing. Yeah. And re re also working part-time at Chick-fil-A, which I had throughout high school, which happened <laughs> as a byproduct of your encouragement because you worked at Chick-fil-A. I worked at Chick-fil-A for two years. I got fired on my second right. year anniversary at Chick-fil-A That's right. because um, I had broken the three-strike policy three times. <laughs> So they kept breaking their because they, they love me. They, they, they cried. No, the 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 owner operators they they cried when I left. They're like, "We're so sorry. We we love you. We don't want to see you go, but we just have to. You're a moron. <laughs> you have, you you have to go. And like yeah. for the good of this yeah. organization, yeah. we have to finally mean it. So I was late over. three times in a month after being insubordinate three times and violating uniform dress code three times. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was late three times, and they let me go. My second year anniversary, cold hearted. No, I'm just kidding. People deserved it. Nine infractions in two years. Yeah. That's no, no, nine infractions in like three months. <laughs> oh but like, like every shift you were working, basically you. Had I was I was working the six a.m. shift, so I was late three times in a month. Okay. Um. Anyway. Yeah. But uh. <laughs> but I mean, I'm I'm not a I'm not I'm not a those who know me, I'm not a disciplined person. I can't wake up on time. I can't be responsible for that. But um, anyway, so yeah, you followed my footsteps, but you were much more loved and respected at Chick-fil-A than I was. Chick-fil-A, uh, um, still to this day, people understand the the way that it has... Because it, you also, you weren't just the guy that worked there. You 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 helped me understand the the beautiful relationship I could have with Chick Fil A like for my life. So it was also the, the love of Chick Fil A and Does the that sauces. Go beyond food. Yes, it, it's heart. It's emotion. It's everything. Sauces. It's, it's sauces. And and so have you picked? Do you, do you line up the sauces? I, not not anymore. But I okay. but I will never forget. I'll never forget. I'll never forget the way that you would All open six. up those little and do uh, the variation of sauces. But no Chick Fil A. I worked. I came back had this this job at the church and working with the young adult ministry and worship ministry and uh and chick play still and, and that's really where you know i mean god god began to form those like okay this is you are gonna your call to ministry vocational ministry to be a pastor is is actually coming into the clear now because at that point you know for me there was still this wrestling and honestly you know one day we'll probably even have a, a more expanded conversation of what I'm about to say because I think it it is a big part of my life. But is this unique journey that I've been on with how to hold this what what you watched happen between those ending the internship early months in Australia and coming back into was this all, always this little piece of me that was like God's called me to to more beyond the four walls of the church. I felt that in high school. Yeah. And yet I, but I, and yet I simultaneously felt the call to the four walls of the church and getting that the church is not the Absolutely. four walls, but you know what I'm saying? It was this, I, I felt like God wanted to use me to reach people in creative and different ways that may not always look like the, the way the church world had looked. 
And yet I loved the church world and saw that was still the very, and so I always felt like I had this foot in one out, you know, but I never really saw that as an option or the people in my life, you know, that had been in that church space, you and Pastor Marcia, Kim and Dave, Jordan and Vanessa, three, and even Pastor Green and Kathy at that four couples of people that for the most working at the church right and and they there wasn't this anything else and i i remember feeling how much of this was truth or not my own version of how it felt it right was that if you you did anything else or tried to do both it was a compromised call to some degree you couldn't and either you needed to you needed to realize this was worth it more than this world now Again, I don't know how much of that was ever explicitly shared or said to me, but there was that that deep sense of, I don't see it. And I also feel like if I tried to do this, it'll feel like this group of people that I love and respect will, will not accept that or that it'll, it'll be a disapproval of them to some degree. It was unintentionally reinforced. Sure. And, and, and again, one thing I would say to you and, and so many people who, Everybody, I believe, has the call of God in their life. It's just some people do that from inside sure. the four walls sure. of the church in vocational ministry. Some people do that as missionaries on the field. But sure. obviously, the rest of people, tons of people do that through a career. Right. And it's been an ever-evolving process, even lately, that I can say, like, we didn't do a good job of stressing the importance that somebody as an athlete, as an artist, as a, a business person, a doctor, a lawyer, um, you know, whatever could go and do kingdom business right. uh, from, from that or even ministry, you know, inside and outside sure. this, the four walls, but still under covering and healthfully and all that stuff. So, I mean, I feel like you were a, a catalytic person amongst so many because it, it continues there is i really believe pastors um if they could figure out a way to reinforce um that the that there are no like boundaries between the sacred and the secular that it's all one picture um and just empower people to go and live yeah. on fire for for jesus in their place of work yeah. as a call because it is I believe that the church would just go to the next level. Yeah. But we've created uh, in, unten- unintentionally, uh, um, but because we don't address it actively, it's very intentional. So that's b- back to now, knowing what I know, sure. like, I think very intentionally, I should have said to you, to all kinds of students and student leaders, hey, some of you are going to look like this and some's going to look like this. And praise God, because all of that is beautiful to him. Right. And it doesn't have to look like this or this or this because we end up creating this tug of war, this tension, this comp- this competition between what you think we think is best and what you feel God's calling you to do or be. Sure. Yeah. And that, again, back to hurt, uh, back to leaders unintentionally hurt people. Yeah. Um, it oftentimes it's just the the fray of all that. Oh yeah. Well, and and then like to that, you're you're genuinely as a leader again being in in, in that sh- in those shoes now in a different capacity you're genuinely wanting to love the person you're leading as much as you can and that's what you see you see that 
in them or you 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 see your own way of experiencing health and growth in those those things and so you you can it's it's hard not to go no 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 like this is this is the better way or whatever that might be because it's it seems it just makes more sense and it's not because you're trying to be manipulative or Co- coerce or try to gain something for yourself as much as there's a genuine like I, I love you and this is right you know kind of thing and I think that that's that's hard to navigate at times right whenever you're whenever there are those different those different things that are there with those different calls I, I had been I felt like I was a fish out of water a little bit because I was like I don't see anybody else doing what I feel like God's stirring up in me to do and when I try to step into this a little bit and do it it's not it's not met with a ton of receptivity or celebration like yeah. it is when I preach or like mm-hmm. it is when I right, do do the internship or do the whatever it might be. And so that season of, you know, January till going to, through end of Australia was kind of a, the initial place of like, it, it, what is this, Lord? You know, and so all that back to the... And I hate that tension. Yeah. I hate that people felt that, you know, wherever they found themselves... Uh, in, in our ministry at that time or, or looking from afar that, that basically there was this, any kind of sentiment that because I don't look like this or act like this, that I'm at a different place in relationship sure or, you know, and then ultimately that I'm at a different place with my relationship with the Lord of the church. Totally. I mean, like there's, there was a connection to that. Um, so like, you know, if, if I could go back, yeah. you know, um, I just, I think that I'd, I'd figure out a way to communicate what I believe. And that is that God has called us to radical pursuit of him. Yeah. But the way that fleshes out in each person's life outside of the radical followership of Jesus is not the same way. Yeah. And I would have figured out a way to really celebrate. That's a great word. Not just, um, the opposite of trying to not talk or talk somebody out of something or whatever, sure. but like to celebrate right. um, that. Like we do when we said, we're going to celebrate you going totally. to Australia. Totally. We're just going to choose to because ultimately God could really use this and he did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, I mean, that that's, that's remained a part of my journey literally until this year, you know, and, you know, so getting, coming into, coming back into experiencing that call back to being in the local church from Australia and being a part of the team again and experiencing just, yeah, just rich ministry and time with great, great people in a great, great season um, led up to you guys departing and transitioning to step into leading, you know, your own church for the first time in Modesto, which was its own whole process. But, uh, you know, it wasn't too long after that, that there was uh, an opportunity for us to, to go. And for Holly and I, at that time, we were engaged think we were engaged no no because we had just broken off our engagement before that before that yeah when you actually called i think you actually called holly first if i'm not wrong you know why because i I was with i was with her yeah i think that we thought we wanted to call you yeah so we called pastor greg right and um just asked if it would be all right to call you, he was yeah. gracious. Yeah. And, um, and then we, uh, we had heard from Kathy, I think that there was a rekindling yeah. that, that, that she had heard yeah. or knew of. Yeah. And I think we just thought to ourselves, we want this to be good for Holly and Chase, right. not just Chase. Right. And so I think we called her and yeah. just said, yeah. how do you feel about this? Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, yeah. Something like yeah, that. I think I, I remember that right. Yeah. So, yeah. So in that, you know, there was this, we, would you pray about being youth pastors? down here in Modesto with us at this And we knew that youth wasn't necessarily the thing that you, no, at again, the time, at had time, in mind to do. Especially because... Probably wasn't the, at all the role you would have said yes to. No. Well, no, especially because at that time I was doing young adult ministry and... Loving it. Loving it. I with mean, the team that you got yeah, to do Kim it with. Kim and Dave and 512 in that space was just, they were they were, they were were just doing an incredible job reaching the, the young adults in that area. And then the opportunities to do ministry with adults as well. So as a 20... <clears throat> one-year-old feeling like, all right, you know, I'm already impacting adults. I don't, I don't, I don't know about going back to youth. That was my flesh and my pride, right? Uh, but in, in praying, we, we knew the Lord was obviously stirring up something that was bigger. Well, than the us. funny part is you, I think we were going to get on the phone together and you told your parents right before you walked in your yeah. bedroom, Hey, pray for, for me. me. I gotta, I gotta let this guy down. Yeah. I gotta I, let him down easy. hundred percent. And it was, it was, I literally, I told my dad, pray, pray for me, pray for Kyle. Pray for his heart, but pray for me that I can I can kind of communicate it in a way that again I still wanted to honor our relationship and not lose some of this frustration we'd experienced. And man, there was something in that conversation that you know, and and again, this attestment to God and in the Holy Spirit because I I had experienced strong leadership from you before in multiple ways, and so there was the sense of me that was like, okay, um, I'm not gonna. Like I, I know, I know what I think and where I'm at. And so the guard of like being convinced otherwise was high. Uh, and yet in that same space that like the guard dissipated because it was, it was bigger than you and it was bigger than me. It was the Holy Spirit. And so by the end of that phone call, I got off and I was like, I just knew God was in it and it, it all the details were going to get figured out. So that was it. We, we, we made the decision. I made the decision and Holly and I, we're in the middle of still kind of not in the middle, but we were restoring our relationship and friendship from a broken engagement. And, uh, that was a joy just to walk with you guys through that season of restoration joy, uh, for you. Um, it was pretty special. Yeah. You guys were really there for us and, and some challenging things that, you know, were, yeah, it was massive. But so we got to come to Modesto in 2012, uh, the the Monday after Mother's Day, I remember that because my mom reminds me because she, <laughs> she, she left. Me. I loved her on Mother's Day. Weekend, <laughs> um, uh, you are our first hire, if you will, because we inherited the rest of the team. Yeah, some of them are still with us today. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you were the first outsider to come to Modesto, of yeah. all places. Yeah, and for you at that point, <clears throat> and for us, it was like, you know, we'll be here. I think we felt like we'll be here for maybe two years. You know, we felt like we, I think we might have, everybody says. yeah, I was like, we, we may have even it said that. longer, we, you know, Hey, we'll give it to you. We'll help, we'll help lead and try to like, kind of do something in this youth group for two years, but then we, we don't want to buy a house here. We don't want to have kids here. We, we, it'll kind of just be that place for us to have the first opportunity to lead ministry our own that we haven't really had yet. And, um, I mean, man, we, we were there for five and a half years and, and in the middle of that five and a half years, I mean, fell in love with the community the church we had, we bought our first house, had our first kid, all of the things we said we wouldn't do. First you know? dog. <laughs> first dog. We had dog siblings. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's right. They're so still... Remington and Sadie, yeah. brothers and sisters. Yeah. And our dog. And, 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 and Jordan Gianni, if he's ever listening to the podcast, he, he's a part of that too. He's yeah. got, you know, trigger. Um, <laughs> but, but, but five and a half years that we, we thought we were max going to be the 12. And that's a testament to the community of people that you guys have 
also uh, fallen in love with as why well, you're still a part of that. You guys have been there how, almost 10 12 or 11 years. 12? 12 in September. Jeez. And that's that whole, the whole world of one church and in that space is a, is a podcast conversation in and of itself in, in so many ways because of just kind of the like the miracle that has been some of the things that God's done in the last 12 years that's been built on you know ministry that was labored in for 25 30 plus years with great pastors before you guys yeah. and how you transitioned in and honored and loved them and still honored and loved them throughout the last 12 years to this process of and the people of one church in Modesto loved Chase and Holly Merrill they still do yeah they, they it was shocking how much we love love those people like it, we, we were shocked to feel like in two years time how deeply connected in community we felt with that group of people and yes still love to this yeah. day um the lord gave us more opportunities um from you know uh another big church in sacramento wanting to hire you away from us yeah and you praying through for about a month that yeah. was a very precarious month to wait on yeah just hearing and you coming back and saying, no, we don't feel like we're supposed to go. And you stayed. Yeah. By the time the Lord led you away up here to Olympia, Washington, we had such a peace. Yeah. We knew it was time. We knew it was the Lord. And we were ready, as painful as it was to say goodbye. Yeah. We were ready to once again release. And this time without any kind of concern or whatever. So the Lord really had done such a, a neat work to position us over the years for this yeah. really receiving and letting go it yeah. just becomes so natural when people love and trust one another and trust the lord yeah and i remember the way you handled when we i don't remember when we shared that kind of, we had the lord gave us a word it felt like a year year and a half maybe before we ended up even getting the actual opportunity or phone call to come up this way uh around no, i remember the word yeah do you remember? <laughs> I don't know if it's the same word. You said to me. Yeah, you tell me what you, you tell me. You, you said, said to me that I won't leave here until you find a leader better than me to yeah. follow. Yeah. Something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was the, the, it was part A and part B. Part A was um, that he was calling us to serve one more leader yeah. before we were the leaders. Okay. But they had to be leaders. Different leader, obviously. Yeah. yeah. They had to be, yes, they had to be. Because at this point, we hadn't, outside of Greg and Kathy, and, and Dave and Kim for a minute, but from youth ministry to internship to... Yeah, we were the ones. We were, you were the only leaders we'd ever experienced. And, and not that I don't think it's... A, there was just this I, this word of like, before you're the leader leading a church or a senior pastor, there's, there's another leader I want you to get experience with mm -hmm. and under. But for me, it was the caveat of like, well, they're, they have to be a better leader than where I'm at. Yeah, because sure. Why go backwards? Yeah. Well, this is... These guys are their top level leaders and they're constantly still growing as leaders. Like that's also their pursuit. So they're continuing to get better. So it's going to be pretty hard to find people that were going to be in that kind of category. Well, and I remember thinking that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, like, again, I probably could have been a little bit bothered, insecure, offended, whatever at that thought. But like, I just remember thinking, yeah, that sounds about right. I want that for him. You even... I better be all that I can be so that he gets, <laughs> has to makes it really hard for him to find that leader. Yeah. But I mean, you even, but you were even, that's part of why I'm mentioning all this too, is because of the way, yeah, you responded to it. You even went to the extent of like, let me help you find him. 
if, if it's going to be this, maybe it's, maybe it's Scott Wilson in Texas, or maybe it's, you know, this person is, maybe, maybe I can help you even get to that space or that, that leader. And, and again, so I'm sitting here now in this seat and leading in other people. And, and to think about doing that in that way for somebody else, that's the kind of leader I want to be. If someone says something like that, rather than take that, that, that offense or hurt that it could, could cause the insecurity of like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not, I'm not enough for you. Um, okay. I see how it is. It was, it probably stung a little bit, but it also was like, yeah. Okay. How, I, how, how can I help you do that? Helpfully. You get to decide in the moment where something could sting, whether it does or not. I mean, more than you think. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's almost like you receive a statement like that and you get to decide if you just, you know, like, like somebody square punched you in the face or in the gut. Yeah. Or if A, you deflect it, because that's one way to go about it, which that's better than getting hit square, right? Totally. But then there's a way, of course, I think to take it where it's not just absorbing or deflect it and you're like, you turn it into what the Lord is up to. Yeah. Like, okay, well then let's just, let's just make this part of what the Lord's doing. Let me get out of the way and, you know, I know that's probably the illustration breaks down, but like, let's oh. do, let's do something with that momentum yeah. for, for God's glory. Right. And not make it about us. And so, yeah, I, I, I just remember in the moment that it could have sting, I just decided not to let it sting and to, and it wasn't even just manning up and not letting it sting. You just, you just lean in, you embrace it. Yeah. Um, and so a year and a half later or so, when you brought up John Kobler, yeah. am I saying his name right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For everybody that's watching that knows him well. Yeah. Um, but who, by the way, called me. Yeah so honorably and said, Hey, before I ever even talk with Chase about this, I want to know that it's right with you. Yeah. You've known him for so much longer. So before he even called you about this opportunity, he talked to me and asked, he went as far as to not just say, Hey, I'm letting you know that I'm calling in. This is a courtesy. uh, or asking for his blessing or my blessing or whatever. But he, he really said, if you want to call this thing off, I respect that. Yeah. And, um, I thought, Man, this is this is a guy, if not the guy, that that Chase could need. And so, what was what was really interesting is like there was just this piece that when you said that's the place, that's the one. I was like, well, I know you've been praying about that for a while, I and mean, it's been a year and a half that yeah. you didn't go anywhere, and you had all these all these other opportunities. So, like, it was just such a piece yeah. that like I just trusted you with that, yeah. and it wasn't an offense. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, it, there was so much, yeah, it just, it, it, words can't really express, because, again, until people have been through things like that with people, when they have the opportunity to, to, to be hurt and, and, and react in a way that is protective, self-protective, self-protection by separation or pushing back or, or biting back or attacking back to make, to make some sense of what's going on. And they choose not to, and they choose to keep relationship bigger than whatever it is. It just is just so God centered. You just see gospel stuff in all of that in a way that like it is so much more powerful than messages that are preached at times. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's real yeah. life stuff, right? And that then I that just it sticks out like, so much for Holly and I. Uh, because of the way that you guys ma- handled that with that maturity, and and I know I, I know God is. He's not only is he honored by that, but I know he has and will continue to honor you for that. 
also because it's deposited in me and now I'm going to deposit yeah. like that, right? Like yeah. it is not just stops with me. It's it's honor that flows down because it, it, it happened to and, and, and for me, but it's going to continue to flow through me because of the way I saw I saw a model. We, we get to and we have to reset a narrative out there yeah. for our generation of how pastors behave as it relates to for sure um, being open-handed with resources and with human resources people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah. And, and it's, I'm reminded also that it was a season of growth in which I was pursuing mentorship in my own life, right? Reading books, podcasts, whatever, but also like getting kind of plan, making it a plan where it's actually on paper. Like I'm going to go and pursue one or two mentors, not in this house, um, that you chose John. I was gonna say, yeah. So like, what I, have I, even I, happened? I set it up <laughs> like years before yeah, for sure. by saying you need other voices in yeah. your life besides yeah. me, and a lot of pastors won't do that because totally. they want. There's an insecurity. I, I I just trust the, the Lord with that, yeah. and I saw its benefit in my life, and it didn't make me any less yeah. loyal to my pastor yeah. that I had other leaders in my life, and so I, anyway, and, and it's funny because I can think of situations like even with um, the churches that we've planted or adopted. Uh, I can think of people that uh, that I encouraged a relationship between them, and it meant that they ended up leaving our yeah. church to go with these people, right. <laughs> um, and their you know their volunteer hours, their 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 financial support, all that. And it goes back to like I, I'm like I gotta blame myself because I I set up this relationship, I encouraged it, right. but like that's I think part of like no regrets. Yeah, you just realize, and the Lord has been so faithful to to just build something where people go and not forget about us here or yeah. his, his church here or his, you know, the, the people there. So it's just like, you just see how the Lord just fills in the gaps yeah. and on some level outside of missing people, things don't miss a beat. Yeah, absolutely. God provides and really the give and take away side of things is, is evident in those moments. And, um, yeah, I mean, for us to be able to be sent like we were to Washington to live in water and and sent with such a, a spirit of belief and honor and support, championing was again another gift for for us in that season that that meant so much to us and 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 won't won't leave us and how it, how how it was able how we were able to finish and um, not just kind of be skirted aside kind of thing, but like. Um, the time to, to say, man, like let's 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 lean into this transition in a way that will we'll honor the people involved in the Lord, you know, for well, one. just the honor honorableness of the whole season. Because um, our church at that recent season had invested in taking you to uh, in Holly to a missions trip and then sending you on sabbatical, and people gave their money. Yeah. And some people might remember this, but like on that that day or week or whatever that you left. Um, your church here, John and Fawn sent a couple thousand, three thousand something dollars yeah. back to one church and said, we realized that you really strung out a long departure here yeah. between sabbatical and a few other things for Chase and Holly. And we just want to honor you. And you and Holly gave of your own money back to one church. It's totally unnecessary and unexpected, but what a blessing to have. I mean, the story could just yeah. all the different pieces of the Lord in it all, but men and women just taking the high road yeah. 
in, in, in moments of transition is pretty much our story. Yeah, totally. And and the the temporary cost of ego, pride, whatever, time, finance, whatever uh, that that it can feel like in the moment, um, it is far outweighed in the the return of yeah. you know what comes through some of those things like 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 I said, being able to sit here today with you and have what we have is worth so much more to me than so many of those moments that could have been easy to be like you know i don't want to be hurt like this again or i don't trust this again or i didn't deserve this to begin with all those different ways that people could respond that you know that that you didn't and you know i definitely learned from a lot of my own a lot of those situations for myself and and and, and have a, a a different future of trajectory and transition because of those things for me you know and um, yeah it's worth it it's worth the cost up front yeah i think yeah i'm seeing it now and and when i think about uh what's in front of us even yet just the the things i part of our relationship to outside of the ministry space i have to just mention this just because it when i think about kyle bethke it's impossible not to but those adventure kind of things that we've gotten to experience mission trips for sure travels overseas we've been to turkey we do we went to turkey we've been to spain yeah we we have we yeah okay so mexico mexico was our was first, our first trip. yeah fiji Mexico. Was it Guatemala? Honduras. Mexico, Honduras, Honduras Fiji back to back. And then we did. Turkey when you were a youth pastor. Turkey. And then. Spain was Project Rescue. Spain, yeah. Madrid. We did. I think we did. We went to Normandy together. We did do. I have, I have the. The sand, yeah. the sand right there. I have all. I have even. I have a few of your things over there. We shared a loft in London. <laughs> yes. yes. We did. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, Four of we, us. We did. We've been a lot. New, New York. We did. Uh, you know, Hillsong, the Hillsong Conference, New yeah. York, but very prevalent, relevant subject now, nowadays. <laughs> um, yeah. No, but so, but, but some of those I'm thinking about are like hiking Mount Whitney. Yeah. Uh, failing one. And well, you you let like, me down a couple times. <laughs> the weather. Whatever. The weather. Whatever. The, the weather got not, to us. No, blizzard the, conditions in October. It was like listen, we rounded that corner and the the. The glass lake <laughs> just blizzard. Jo- that 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 shut us down one year. Jordan, Jordan. The next year, a year later. Yeah, it was. Let's let's be honest. He's not here to defend himself. Yeah, he's Jordan. Won't even Jordan to threw up sixteen times on the mountain. <laughs> yeah. I wish this guy could be in better physical condition. You know? <laughs> but like Jordan Schlegel may have been a factor to us not completing this. But you were so glad. Oh, you said, you told saying, me afterwards. You're like, I, I could feel the heavy coming on altitude. <laughs> oh, okay. so I'm so glad that I could blame but Jordan. Praise God, Jordan threw up sixteen times because I was about to be the guy that said we have to not do this. But we, the third time was it? Third year. We yeah. finally okay. summited the highest fourteen thousand nine hundred fifty-two or something. Like five hundred. It's fourteen five, right in there. Highest fourteen five. Yeah. Um, peak in the lower forty-eight. Insane. You have to go to Alaska to find yeah. a higher mountain. Yeah, in the yeah. So though, I mean, and then and then the well, Colby's thirteenth birthday. That was special. You man, came down just for that. Yeah, man, manhood kind of you know camping trip ceremony time with uh, my know, oldest son. Yeah, Colby, your oldest son, and, and your brother and dad and. Um, it, and and Jordan was also there. Jordan Schlegel, Pastor Caleb. Yeah, yeah Pastor Caleb was there too. That's right. Um, I think Riley. No, Riley wasn't there. But having the a couple op- people couldn't come. Yeah, having the opportunity to get to be around you in that significant moment with your son. 
who... They're 13 years old. Yeah. For, for Jackson, we're probably to about 17. Yeah. For yeah. The same for the equivalent. Yeah. But for me, like, you know, I, I recognize I wasn't on your staff anymore. I lived here and was pastor here. But to get to come back and be around you and see you in that bigger picture of the the role of father in... You know, I got to see you obviously be a dad throughout those ministry years, but it was something so special for me as a younger father myself, too, who had, you know, I think we just had Weston and Bo at that time. Holly might have been pregnant with Delaney, but to go, this is actually what it's it's all about. Mm-hmm. And watching you be all in on this, like, you know, it wasn't just the weekend, but it was how you'd been leading and loving him up to the weekend itself and the things that you had in store for him and just the way you loved him and, and helped him see the value of his identity as a son to the father and to you. And it was just so special. And placed him in the lives of strategically in the lives of other men. Yeah. So that, you know, alongside of me in partnership with me or in my absence, yeah. whatever the situation, there's other people in his life Yeah. like you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a privilege for me and what an awesome young man he is. And, and Riley, just strong woman of God already as 13, 14, where is she at? 14, 13, 14. Yeah. Uh, and then Jackson in his own like unique God design, like that dude is a just, warrior for the, for the Lord. Oh yeah. He's, he is a warrior indeed. And just the, the Bethke family is their kingdom impacting uh, and, and beyond the immediate place that they are, man, you guys are kingdom impacting worldwide kingdom impacting family. And yeah, and worth following and emulating. So, um, man, the the last question to kind of wrap up our conversation. I ask every every guest in some capacity, but this whole thing's about helping people get freed up from what's holding them back, so they can build up who they were made to be. You know, part of the journey that I've been walking is walking in that as much as I can, more and more, and hearing other people's journeys throughout these conversations. Um, at some point, that kind of comes out in some capacity, but for you is what's something in your life that you know stands out that you can think of that has you would identify as held you back from being who you were made to be that you've overcome or in this season it's like maybe a a more live time kind of thing that you would say is something you feel like it's holding you back from stepping into all that you were made to be but you're you're overcoming it live time is there something that stands out that you'd share just with a piece of that journey obviously there have been Difficult times in my life growing up, you know, my my parents' divorce that I mentioned, and uh, my dad traveling the country at that time. My mom moved to Mexico, so eighth grade graduation day, that was the day in which everybody kind of was in their separate worlds. And to move in with grandparents and have the church surround me. There's a lot of places in which I I. I think if I think about my story, I must have had just a whole lot of thick skin yeah. to survive. So it would be unaware and perhaps a little bit na- uh, narrow-minded to say there weren't ways in which I was not free or not walking free yeah. during those times. But Acknowledging that and all that would have accompanied those seasons in my childhood, those were, that would have been youth days for me, um, high school days, uh, and then young adult. Well, without having a 
an insensitivity to that or sure. ignoring it. I think by default, I come a little bit, you know, hardwired um, to not really care what people think yeah. um, and to not be bound by that, yeah. um, by the expectations of others. I feel more expectations of myself than I, than I feel from others Yeah, that I would choose to be bound or, or not freed with, but you have a, you have a pretty high bar for yourself in most categories. Yeah. And so I think, you know, just being okay, you know, with the B and not the A, Yeah, you know, uh, and, and again, I had to give perfectionism to the Lord a long time ago because no one's perfect but him. But even the, the bar of excellence, the bar of what's the best that I can do sometimes is a difficult one. But I, I say all that to say that for most of my life, I felt like I did not feel like there was something or someone that was holding me back and that I needed to whatever until recently. Mm. So my answer is as a recent one. Uh, and that's just, I feel like the the older you get, the more the stakes are raised for mm. life, for family, for ministry, for leadership. You know, obviously there's more on the line. My, my kids are older. They don't, they notice everything. Um, you know, just the church you're, you're leading a whole church, not just a ministry of the church mm. or, you know, in, in my case right now, you're responsible for multiple congregations and, and so just the stakes keep getting higher. And I think it's really easy. It has been for me to begin to believe in all that tension, what I perceive people think of me, mm. or they actually do think of me, you know, like I hear they think this of me or yeah. they tell me because I love that people are honest yeah. um, or I perceive it. Um, just thoughts about my readiness as a leader, um, my ability, whether it's practically uh, to lead or emotionally or mentally to lead. Um, it's real easy for me to perceive either the constructive or lack thereof criticism out there towards me as a leader or the the church or ministries that I'm a part of helping to build. Yeah. And for this season right now, um, I am just constantly giving to the Lord what it means, what, what people might think. Not, not that I'm like feeling like, Oh, this or that, but like, it feels like an interruption in the way of what the Lord wants to do. Yeah. And my natural place to go is to just get mad about it. Yeah. Mm. And so it's really just the, the, the freedom, as you use that word, that I feel like I'm trying to walk in or stepping out of. It's just the freedom to go back to being comfortable, just being me. Yeah. I don't have to. Like, I'm the first to walk into a staff meeting and apologize for an, uh, uh, an unwise word or, or whatever. At least I try to be. And so it's not about apologizing. Because I can... I feel like I've just grown very accustomed to apologizing yeah. for for this person. <laughs> but um, I think it's more so getting back to choosing to not lessen who God's created me to be because I'm trying to make myself more palatable to others. Yeah. Like to trust the Lord with that, to trust them 
with the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. Um, and that's for others. That's for my relationship with my wife, who I, who I live with, sleep with, yeah. and yeah. and um, office with. And so she's right there alongside of me, leading the same capacity. Right. And I'm probably her greatest joy and greatest inconvenience most days. And so, like, <laughs> just this comfortability, yeah. saying, Lord, I mean, I'm going to always apologize. I'm going to take ownership. I'm going to try to treat people with honor as I honor you. All that, yes. But, like, I want to get back to where, without a little bit of flinching, I'm just being me yeah. again and being the leader that you called me to be without worrying or wondering what people my effect on that. Yeah. Cause I feel like I've been so sensitive to my effect on people for the last couple of years that I've actually watered down my effect for Jesus. Mm. So I think that's the freedom yeah. that I'm wanting. And, 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 you know, I'd say about a year ago was the turning point Yeah, that I'm stepping into just a confidence in the Lord and confidence in him. Yeah. And what it's called me to do. So. Yeah. I love that, man. Thanks for being vulnerable, sharing that that space and when, and when I think about the unapologetic and you know young passionate uh, earlier years of the Kyle Bethke that ran, ran me down you know to, to to call out the great stuff that Lord had in front of my life and to call me to the great pursuit of Jesus above everything else like that 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 was that was what drew drew me in that you being unapologetically you in that space and so um affirm that that journey of just the lord using you in that way he still has obviously for years since then but just that that you have years in front of you that were are going to be able to be more comfortable in your own skin again but with maybe you know for lack of a better metaphor stronger muscles with yeah. you know what I mean the ability to lift more weight help more people because of what he's developed in you but with the same skin of who he's you know who, who, who you who you've been called to be and uh and I mean it's gonna be pretty cool to watch I, I I I get excited about a lot of people when I think about the things that God has in front of them um because of just the unique calls that they have in their life or the kind of personalities God's given them things that they they've experienced uh, but but you and, and Marcia are like two of the top. When I think about excitement, when I think about like, man, like what God could do still, even though He's already done a lot, <laughs> yeah, I, even though He's already done, you know, I we're we're in recording two episodes in one day, you know, having Marcia here having a conversation. Hers is going to be released later, but well, actually, she got like an episode and a half because she interrupted us. Yeah, that's true. She got she got two she got two episode based on. You just can't avoid the camera. <laughs> <laughs> but I said this. I said this in her her conversation as well because it, it's true to the two of you as a, as a family and a couple. But I mean, what you've already, how you've already impacted the kingdom of God up to this point of your life is is already like in the equivalent of a lot of what people will do in a lifetime, if not more. And yet, you have a whole second, more than a second half of impact that God has in front of you to make that is going to be uh, massive and really enjoyable. Um, and, uh, and so I'm excited to, to be on the outside, still getting to watch, but be close enough to be connected to, to your guys' hearts in that and, and see what the Lord is going to do. Because, you know, I think about the, the world that we're going to be going into in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years with the gospel 
need that's out there. The world's going to need leaders like you who have the ability to um, step into the fray, be unapologetic with yourself, relentlessly pursue people, and uh, fight for those relationships even when it doesn't make sense to. Because there's a lot of that separation that's going to be plaguing, I think, the now church and the future church that's going to need leaders that are Un- unwilling to give up on people in a different kind of way that you and Marcia and the way you love and lead people are that the, the church is going to need and thank God the church will have in that way wherever you are whatever God's called you to do but um, God, it's exciting to think about so yeah well man I thanks for taking the time thanks for making the drives for uh, the texts and phone calls the the opportunities to, to, to get around you, um, even since we've moved to Washington. But, um, you know, I think when I think about, you know, the relationship we have, all that we've walked through and, and have overcome, it, it's, it, it, it's just such a testament of God being real. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, uh, you know, my, my family is impacted by, my, my kids, my future grandkids, all those things will know and have the markings of Kyle Bethke on, on their lives because of the way that you've marked my life. And that's, uh, it's pretty special to me that that's, it's just bigger than youth group. It's bigger than an employee relationship that I got to have with you for a season. And, uh, yeah, it's been significant. So I love you. Love you, Chase. You, uh, you mean a lot to me and man, Pray that the Lord continues to cross paths in unique and, and, and exciting ways in the future. I know he will, you know, because yeah. of because of who he is and his track record already. But thanks for taking the time to be here with me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. For everybody listening, thanks for joining us. Until next time, see you later.